With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Bill Nelson offer legislation to address gun violence. Senator Marco Rubio says the bill creates an incentive. For the rest of the states to do what Florida and five other states have already done, and that is put in place strong extreme protection risk orders so that law enforcement and family members have a tool that they can use to go to court, convince a judge that this person is dangerous, and take away their guns before they can take away anyone's lives. Senator Rubio, together with Senator Bill Nelson, say the bill also prevents those people from buying more guns. The bill was introduced following the school shootings in Parkland, Florida, that killed 17 students and teachers. Linda Kenyon, Washington. China still isn't indicating what actions it may take in the trade dispute with the United States. More details at srnnews.com. Michael Medved wants Congress to get back to real business. This spending bill is not the solution on budgetary matters for all time. You know how long it covers our spending until? Through the end of September. Look, this is not a way to govern. They have to return to a more normal means of actually getting this work done. The Michael Medved Show, afternoons at 2 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Coming up, it's the second half of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, so don't go anywhere. First, we'll give you a quick weather update. High of 44 degrees and mostly sunny skies for today. 43 with freezing rain and then rain likely through most of Monday. 45 degrees and cloudy skies on Tuesday. All the way to 48 and sunny on Wednesday. And then a high of 41 degrees and sunny skies on Thursday. Stay tuned for the Northern Alliance Radio Network right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, institutional blue, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. My name is Mitch Berg. I am not, in fact, Brad Carlson. Brad is off on assignment today. I am filling in for him today, as I periodically do, because what the heck, I enjoy seeing how the other half lives here on Sundays. It's always kind of fun to meet the Sunday audience. It's kind of fun to have you all meet me. Uh, it's a little different program, less sports, more non-sports. I don't know. I do a different show than Brad. Uh, Viva la difference. Brad will be back next week uh, with the usual show he does, and thank goodness for it. But here I am today, filling in for Brad. And we don't, don't I mean, I was going to say, what is there to talk about today? Of course, if you, if you are on the civil liberties beat, there is really one story in America this weekend, and that was the <clears throat> March for Our Lives yesterday. In D.C. and and all around the country, there were there were quite a few of these marches all around the country, and and uh, I'm going to start out sounding like I'm ridiculing the whole thing because in a sense I am. Uh, the 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 the, the narrative about these protests was suffocatingly one sided. I mean, as I pointed out on my show yesterday, as I was driving into the studio, I heard National Public Radio interrupt its national programming and cover the protest at the Capitol Mall live for hours on end. I mean, it was it was the sort of thing that, that you reserved for a major national story, which in a sense it sort of was, although 
really mostly only because the major media wanted it to be seen that way. In fact, it wasn't anywhere near as big of an event as as uh, the narrative would have had you to believe. Uh, this came out in The Hill this morning. A Sunday estimate of the crowd at the March for Our Lives rally for gun control in Washington, D.C. yesterday was much smaller than the crowd estimated by the organizers <laughs> and the crowd that it was credited with by the mainstream media that is down with the narrative. Digital Design and Imaging Service Incorporated estimated about 200,000 people attended the rally, CBS News reported. Organizers on Saturday claimed 800,000. Washington, D.C. Metro Police have yet to release their own estimates, and they won't because the government of D.C. is officially on board with the protesters. The respected imaging firm uses balloons to fly cameras over events in order to estimate crowd size. The service there was uh, said the margin of error was 15% for their estimation. Crowd size was largest at 1 p.m., the company said. The company said the 2017 Women's March was the largest single-day demonstration in U.S. history, with 440,000 participating. That number corresponds well with the city estimates, uh, city's estimate at the time, according to the Associated Press. The march yesterday was <clears throat> largely organized by student survivors of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting. That's right, a bunch of uh, students, a bunch of high school students organized a national uh, demonstration complete with logistics, complete with getting uh, permits in dozens of cities nationwide and getting police coverage and building stages and setting up public address systems and getting groups of celebrities to show up, by the way, in limousine SUVs guarded by what? Armed guards. Oh, that's right. The, the photographs are just hilarious. Uh, celebrities, hand-picked uh, celebrities showing up at a gun control protest Escorted by armed guards. <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I mean, if, if, if all I did was call out Big Left's hypocrisy, I wouldn't talk about anything else on this broadcast. Anyway, no, it was not largely organized by students. It may have been, may have had a few Potemkin students on the boards. But these protests, when all is said and done, you follow the money, it will trace back to Michael Bloomberg and every town for gun safety and their incredibly deep pockets. The students from that high school have been advocating for gun control laws and have specifically targeted the National Rifle Association and politicians uh, associated with the group. The March for Our Lives rally had sister rallies in hundreds of cities around the world. Many crowds estimated have yet to be determined. Oh, I bet they do. Now, I, I, I come... Partly, I'd say, I said it initially, I didn't come to mock the protests. And in a sense, I don't. But in another sense, I do. And, and follow me here. I, I, I have some friends, some, some fairly good friends with whom I, going back to high school, with whom I disagree to one degree or another on this issue, on, on the Second Amendment issues. I have friends who I go way back with. In fact, with whom I go back to when I was anti-gun who have some sympathy for the protesters. Now, and, and they're very much down with the idea that, A, this was an organic outburst of, of sentiment from students, not adults who are exploiting them to try and move the needle in the culture war. They, they believe this sincerely. They believe it at an emotional level, and we will come back to that later on in the broadcast. Because if you are a Second Amendment supporter, you do need to understand the emotional response. You can't just dismiss it out of hand. People vote based on emotions. And if you don't believe that, then you have no idea how Donald Trump became president. 
it wasn't all a rational decision on the part of every single voter involved in this last election, as much as every one of you would like to think so. And by the way, I oppose Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Donald Trump for reasons that were as much emotional as empirical as well. But I, that's fine. I, the, part of their point was that this was an organic outburst of, of, of activity from a bunch of high school students, like spanking our gang, saying, hey, let's put on a show in dozens of cities nationwide. It just doesn't pass the sniff test. It doesn't pass the sniff test, especially when you think that the day before Parkland, the day before the, uh, the Valentine's Day massacre at Parkland, the biggest controversy in America involving teenagers was whether we needed to re-engineer Tide Pods so they would quit eating them on YouTube. And these are the kids who start a national demonstration? Well, they're not, of course, mostly. Although many of the ones showing up were. I, 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 I say that doesn't pass the sniff test, and even if it did, the idea that you set policy, especially policy regarding inviolable constitutional rights endowed to us by our creator based on raw inchoate emotion is the most dangerous thing that can happen in a representative republic. The idea that you start legislating policy based on people's emotions, even emotions you agree with, is the most dangerous thing possible in a democracy. And it's not just liberals' emotions. It's conservative emotions, too. Think about it. They, they catch someone who, who carried off a dastardly act, a, a, a mass murder, a, a mass, a series of sexual assaults. And what's the first thing you hear uh, conservatives saying? Yeah, I mean, you, you hear people say, yep, got to tie each wrist and ankle to a different horse and hush them all off in different directions. Trashing the Eighth Amendment against cruel and unusual punishment, ripping someone apart between horses. Of course, nobody's going to do it. Except if there's no rules against it, someone will do it, and they will do it because people's emotions get inflamed when something they care deeply about has been violated. And we will come back to that. Oh, I guarantee you. That's half my point here this hour. But my friends who who have deep faith in the authenticity of the March for Life, the idea that it is, in fact, uh, a bunch of high school kids organically producing this on their own hook, uh, is, is I, I'd like, I mean, it doesn't pass the sniff test for me. I think it exists for a reason, and I think that reason is the fact that uh, kids today are not nearly as anti-gun as Big Left needs them to be. A piece came out today in USA Today, USA today which, by the way, is no friend of the Second Amendment. Uh, it is as liberal a paper as the Star Tribune or the New York uh, Times or the Washington Post. And as a piece today said, uh, headlined, high schoolers still like their guns even after Parkland. And it starts off by talking about uh, how, what a big deal the, the Parkland students who have been uh, groomed from the word go for stardom by the mainstream media, notwithstanding the fact that they are getting to be a fairly big deal in the, among the media, most American high schoolers do in fact not uh, support messing with the Second Amendment because of uh, immediate emotional stimuli like like deadly school shootings. Uh, the article says many Americans, by the way, this, well, the article says, and I quote, 
Many American high school uh, students do not blame school shootings on guns and don't argue the answer is tighter restrictions on firearms. It's a view at odds with many of their classmates, yet born of the same safety concerns. Quote, there's many things that go into a solution for this, and it's not just guns, said Melanie Clark, an 18-year-old high schooler from uh, high school senior from Tallahassee. Quote, we're definitely in the minority for believing that it's not guns. We're going to come back to that. As gun control advocates their age gain popularity and others cast their generation as anti-firearm, pro-gun students feel at times overlooked, but polling suggests young people aren't overwhelmingly anti-gun. A USA Today poll taken after Parkland shows that fewer than half of students uh, 13 to 17 think tightening gun laws and background checks would prevent mass shootings. The Pew Research Center in an April 2017 poll found 39% of people 18 to 29 said protecting gun rights is of chief importance. Compare that with 58% who favor gun control. There was another poll, I believe it was Gallup, that came out last year that showed that millennials in general, people under the age of uh, 30, tend to be more pro-Second Amendment, more anti-gun control than people older than them, than people in my generation. And, and in fact, that that is why we're having these protests. I, and my friends who, who believe in the authenticity of, of the March for Our Lives protest uh, will disagree. I'm absolutely positive of it. But the polling shows that young people are starting out more pro-gun than previous generations did. And given that people tend to get more conservative as they get older, that doesn't bode well for their movement in the long run, which is why they are putting out a narrative that says nonstop, you guys are in the minority, that gun controls and gun control and teenagers belong together like horse and carriage. That, in fact, you pro-Second Amendment teenagers are the minority when they're not. And, and, that, you, and that the pro-gun control, excuse me, the pro-Second Amendment teenagers are wrong when I would suggest they are not. Anyway, there's more to this. Let's talk about the, 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 the peril of dismissing emotional responses as just emotional responses. When we come back, you can call me, by the way, 651 651- 289-4488, the number to call. Join me, won't you please? Mitch Bergen for Brad Carlson, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Picture yourself unemployed for 20, maybe even 30 years. That's what retirement can look like, 20 or 30 years with no paycheck. Consider this. There are over 2,000 rules that govern Social Security. There are hundreds of ways to file for it. It's not surprising so many Americans may be getting less Social Security than they've earned. Will you get the most out of your Social Security benefits? Call Sheila Franks, a lifestyle financial and tax advisors. Sheila and her team will use time-tested methods to help you maximize your Social Security benefit. Get the Social Security benefit you have have earned 763-545-5555 that's 763-545-5555 Sheila and the team a lifestyle financial and tax advisor 763-545-5555 lifestyle financial and tax advisors is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives investment advisory services offered through global financial private capital LLC not affiliated with or endorsed by the social security administration or any government agency 
Physicians designed Relief Factor as an essential way to support the body's natural fight against aches and pains. It's made from wild-caught fish oil and botanicals like turmeric, and it's a healthy way to get back into pain-free life. There's no side effects. There's no chemicals. There's no preservatives. There is nothing addictive. And that's why you can be very confident that when you take Relief Factor, you have nothing to lose but your pain and the whole world to gain. Maybe you can't wear your favorite shoes anymore because of pain in your feet. Relief Factor can help with all of that. Nineteen ninety-five comes to 95 cents a day. That's less than a cup of coffee a day for pain relief. Go to relieffactor.com. Read all the testimonials. Find out about it for yourself and order that quick start. Just nineteen ninety-five or 95 cents a day for three weeks. Or you can call them. It's toll free. They can answer all your questions. 1-800-500-8384. That's toll free. 1-800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. Would you like to protect your nest egg? At Online Trading Academy, we teach the skills to grow and protect your investments. Learn this rules-based strategy with our best-in-class instructors teaching you how to get your arms around your money so you can retire with no worries. Learn the skills to profit from the markets going up or down by joining us for a comprehensive free workshop by calling pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA. When you're running a business, the last thing you want to worry about are your computer systems. Superior Managed IT has been servicing IT for over 25 years, and they can help you manage your IT infrastructure, provide a security plan, as well as help your business move to the cloud. Superior's proactive maintenance program will guide you through the best options for your business. Don't wait. Let Superior manage your IT so you can concentrate on running your business. Call now for your no-obligation free consult. Call 612-999-6200 or go to superiormanagedit.com. That's superiormanagedit.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Join me, won't you please? Hey, don't forget, AM 1280, The Patriot welcomes Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher to town on Sunday, Sunday, April 29th. It's Oprah time with Hewitt and Gallagher. Get your tickets now at am12athepatriot.com. General admission uh, uh, special tickets to City Hugh and Gallagher's table and the Narn table, all still available, but they are going fast. Special bargain right now on the Narn table, which is going to be the fun table, by the way. Make sure you show up for that. That's uh, coming up April 20th. Go to am1280thepatriot.com and we can. <sighs> Hit that post. 651 289. Four four eight eight. Go nowhere, everyone. This is uh, gonna, this is uh, where the fun starts here. Uh, I'm in for Brad Carlson. My name is Mitch Berg, and uh, John Hinderocker had a great piece. We're, we're talking about yesterday's quote: "March for our lives." And uh, the 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 thing I love to ask people who are proponents, including friends of mine, going back many years, who are proponents of these of this uh, sort of thing, is uh, that you, when you say you're marching for your lives. I mean, it's built on a bunch of false premises. It just is. Schools are a quarter as dangerous as they were 20 years ago. They are. That's a statistical fact. Uh, schools are, are the most safe place to be for a student right now, especially when you consider comparing it with everything else that high school kids do. Uh, a high school kid is in gra- or any kid of any age is at more danger going to and from school or experimenting with alcohol after school or participating in school sports than they are of being shot for any cause ever in school 
or are being shot, by the way, as part of some criminal activity outside of school, either as a victim or as a participant. It matters not in the least. Uh, Either of those is more dangerous, vastly more dangerous. Any of those is vastly more dangerous than actually being a, a, a student in a high school these days, even with the slight upspike. In, in spree killings in schools that have gotten all the publicity, schools are the safest place for kids to be. You're safer in school than you are at home, for the love of Pete. And, and most everyone else at these rallies is similarly badly informed. And that's the part that annoys me. Not just that they're badly informed, but they are disinformed purely to manipulate them. I mean, if you're a Second Amendment advocate, an activist, and you've been to the capital of some of these events, you may have spent time mixing it up with, with some of the antis, right? And, and I, I've done this. I, I remember the last time I went down to the capital in 2013 to uh, represent for, uh, against some of the gun control bills that came out after uh, the, the, the par- uh, Parkland, after the Sandy Hook shooting, back when the DFL controlled the legislature and the governor's office. And so we were on defense back then, uh, much worse than we are today. For now, uh, I remember talking to some of these people from what was the group Code Pink, the 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 biddies with ELCA hair who used to befoul the Capitol with their with their presence. And I mean, this smug, smug urban liberal privileged sotted crones. I, I'm insulting them, and and that's fully intentional. They they are some of the people I respect least in American politics. Uh, anyway. And I would ask them, I would, I would get them one-on-one or one-on-two or one-on-three or sometimes to make it a fair argument, me on six or seven of them. And I would say, what exactly are you here protesting for? What policies are you for putting forward here and, and what do you think they're going to do? And their literacy was staggeringly bad on the issue. They couldn't tell you what bill they were there to protest for or against or, or anything. They couldn't tell you anything they were about. They were just there because... The hierarchy of their group said, show up and be pink. That's it. And, and I, I got into a discussion on social media this morning with, with one of my friends from high school who is not a rabid anti-gun. Describes, they describe themselves as, uh, as pro-Second Amendment, but, but for some sort of resolution to these issues. And, I, and, I, and this person has children who I believe were involved in the march yesterday. And, yeah, okay. Viva the First Amendment. Let's protect all of the Bill of Rights. Uh, is my two cents worth. And I, I said that these kids at these mar- at the march yesterday were frighteningly poorly informed. And this person disagreed with me. And I responded, and I responded in a way that I, I would hope I can prevail upon you all to respond next time you run into a crowd of these people, whether it's at the Capitol or around the water cooler at work. So I told this person I would bet a $100 bill that if I had walked into the crowd yesterday with a camera and asked a random sampling of these of these kids five questions, I would have bet $100 right now that not 1% of them would get all five questions right. And these are all questions with absolute statistical empirical answers. You... There's no black and white, excuse me, there's no gray area on any of these. These are all black and white. And there's five questions I said to answer, and I I said I'd ask. I'd like to see people asking. I'd love to see people's answers for, at least among the marchers. 
uh, are, well, there's five of them. I'll run them by you here right now. But copy them down if you want. I'll post this at shotinthedark.info in a bit here. Question number one that I would love to ask these marchers yesterday, as many of them as I could on camera, just to see how few of them got it right. Number one, has violent crime in the United States gone up or down in the past 20 years? Now, if you listen to this broadcast, you read my blog, you know the answer. But I'm not going to tell you yet. Because if you're a liberal, if you're a supporter of, of the Marchy kids, I'd like to hear you answer this. In fact, if, if you are a supporter of the Marching kids, call in at 651-289-4488. Now, I'll, I'll quiz you on this. Because uh, I'd love to hear how many of you get the answers right. So, number one, has violent crime gone up or down in the past 20 years? Question number two, did the assault weapons ban of 1994 to 2004 have any effect on violent crime at all? Number three, are schools more dangerous now overall than they were in 1998 in terms of overall gun crime? Not spree killings. Overall gun crime, the risk of being killed by a firearm in school, is that higher or lower now than it was in 1998? Number four, let's take it local here. How many people have been killed by assault weapons in Minnesota since 1998? We'll make it multiple choice. 153, 201. 1,458, or answer D, zero. How many people have been killed by, quote, assault weapons, end quote, in Minnesota since 1988? 153, B, 201, C, 1,458, or D, zero. And number five, which weapon kills more people nationwide in a typical year, the AR-15 or the common human fist? And I will bet a $100 bill right now that if we were to walk out into that crowd yesterday or the next crowd that that may happen along or a crowd of people at a Protect Minnesota Dreamsicle rally or at every town uh, get-together or a Moms Want Action, uh, I don't know, seance or whatever they do, that not 1% of them would get all five right. I got a hundred bucks on it. And by the way, if any of you out there support the Marchy kids or Moms Want Action or Every Town or Michael Bloomberg or think it's time that we got to do something about guns, as long as that something is persecuting law abiding gun owners, give us a call 651 289 4488 because I'd love to ask you th- those five questions. Since nobody's going to call because it's a beautiful Saturday uh, in spring, <laughs> I'll give you the answer. Number one, has violent crime gone up or down in the last 20 years? Down 50%. I bet you nobody at that rally would have gotten that one yesterday, unless they were ringers. Number two, did the assault weapon ban of 1994 to 2004 have any effect on violent crime? Uh, no. Even its original proponents admitted that it didn't affect violent crime at all. Nothing. Uh, Number three, are schools more dangerous now? No, no, it's down 75%. Overall, gun crime in schools, gun homicides in schools are down 75% in 20 years. That's faster than society at large. Okay, 
Number four, how many people have been killed by, quote, assault weapons, end quote, in Minnesota since 1998? Was it A, 153, B, 201, C, 1,458, or D, zero? What, you think that was a trick question? D, zero. There was one person killed by a fellow with, by the way, not an AR-15, an M1A, uh, back in 1987, 1988. It was, in, uh, it was as part of a bank robbery in pursuit uh, in the the far suburbs of the Twin Cities. Uh, the victim was a cop. The perp went to jail. The weapon presumably was destroyed. It's a tragic, as M1A is a, is a fine piece. And what a way, it's about two. 2200 bucks at a, at a gun store today, even with the, uh, the the discounts that are out there. That's waste of an excellent firearm. Anyway, and finally, which weapon kills more people in a typical year? AR-15s are the common human fist. Well, in an average year, 500 people nationwide die from being punched and kicked. In a typical year, assault rifles kill somewhere between 20 and 50 people nationwide. These last two years have not been average. There have been more than an average number. Uh, perhaps because uh, copycatters are finding that, yeah, the weapons are, are not ridiculously expensive. They're easy to use. It's for the same reason law-abiding citizens buy them. They're available. And, by the way, used less often per capita, per unit, per weapon, than any just about any other firearm you can imagine. Even in a bad year, like this year has been, statistically speaking. So the statistics aren't even arguable, which is why they don't try to argue it. But it's a mistake to say, ah, it's just emotions. We'll talk about that when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. At CVS Pharmacy at Target, we put a little extra heart into everything we do, like actively looking to save you money, generics, 90-day refills, even rewards. Get a $5 Target coupon for every 10 prescriptions. On your next Target run, stop by CVS Pharmacy. We're the place with the big heart. Not valid on all prescriptions, including those purchased in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Other restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash extracare-target or the pharmacy for details. CVS Pharmacy at Target. Health is everything. What if your next vacation was more than just a vacation? How about a refreshing getaway where you can find personal renewal and form uplifting relationships with other fellow conservatives? Join Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Mike Gallagher on the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise. This trip will be a great time to discuss the future of our country, all while sailing in paradise amidst the legendary Hawaiian Islands. Unlike any other cruise you've experienced, this will be one of the best times you'll ever have. We'll sail to some of the most beautiful islands in the world and see all the sights. Then at night, you'll get together with Hugh, Larry, and Mike for a lively and interactive discussion on what's going on in our country while exchanging ideas about ways to chart a fresh course for our beloved nation. The 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise sets sail for seven days next August 11th through the 18th. For all the details about this cruise, visit am1280thepatriot.com or call 855-655-1335. Book your trip today. That's am1280thepatriot.com. Are you looking to change your cleaning service? 
Hi, this is Jessica Carter, and I'm the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is meet with you, do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week. We'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC professionals, and we would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651-404-0132. Pastors, you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that your congregation will really enjoy and benefit from, but you just can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give SermonSearch.com a try. Sermon Search is packed with sermon outlines from revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. You'll also find images, videos, and analogies to complement your presentation of God's message. Be inspired to study, create, and proclaim with SermonSearch.com. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Join me, won't you please? Hey, don't forget the Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise with Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, and Larry Elder. Coming up April, excuse me, August 11th to 18th, 2018. Uh, this is going to be a great time. Fantastic Hawaiian cruise with great uh, cruise accommodations while you're visiting the island of uh, Maui, Kauai, and the big island of Hawaii. Each day is going to wrap up with a panel discussion with uh, Hugh, Mike, and Larry, uh, which is always a great time. I've had discussions with all of them but Gallagher, and it's, it's, it's worth the time to spend sitting on hanging out talking. Uh, maybe popping a cocktail while you're at it. It's good. To, it's 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 worth it. Plus, you will receive a certificate uh, certificate for a couple of my pillows, which I'm here to tell you <laughs> are life changing. No, I, I I bought one almost a year ago. I have never slept so wonderfully in my life. I got them for my kids for Christmas. They are just uh, out of this world. Uh, you never think. <sighs> Having lived on Walmart pillows my whole life, I never thought it would make a difference. It makes a difference. Anyway. So go to am1280thepatriot.com, get your tickets for the Aloha Talkers Cruise, or we will drive you crazy uh, telling you all about it. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Now, as people talk about the, 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 the responses to the Parkland massacre or any other mass shooting, but especially mass shootings involving kids in schools, it's... It's tempting to, it's, well, if you've been doing this issue as long as I have, and I've, I got to say, just a little background here. I've been involved as a, in some way, shape, or form as a Second Amendment advocate and activist for close to 30 years now. And I grew up in a very gun control house. I did. Neither of my parents were shooters. Uh, both of them were, let's just say, distinctly left of center. My dad was a Union Democrat teacher guy who was raised by a, a, a mother without a father, uh, my grandfather died when my father was five years old, so neither of us knew the guy. 
he was a bit of an outdoorsman, but all the guns uh, were sold early on. My father grew up not an outdoorsman, let's say. My mother, uh, had she not had three kids and been married by 1968, would have been a flower child. Let's just leave it at that. She is. Uh, she ran for office in North Dakota as a Democrat, which is kind of like running for office in St. Paul as a Republican. Uh, didn't win. Probably wasn't expected to. That's okay. She's far left of center. She's still my mother, lover. Not a big pro-gun person at all. Anyway, so I did not grow up as a shooter. I became one, uh, started to morph that way when I started reading about the Holocaust in high school and realized that, that victims victims aren't armed. Armed people are very hard to victimize. Can be done. Takes a lot more effort. And also noted that the victims of the Holocaust that survived, some of them were the ones that resisted passively by hiding out or getting away. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to argue with anyone about it. But those who couldn't do that, among them, the ones who survived were the ones that fought, the ones that found guns, who stole them, who killed for them, who, who hid them away until they needed them and then resisted. It's a ugly, sobering part of human history. And it's a conclusion that's hard to avoid. Well, we're not there yet. We're not there in this country. Heaven forfend we ever are. Uh, and by the way, the fact that we have a Second Amendment is one of the reasons we have less to worry about in that front than most people. I, I will stand by that. If you disagree, feel free to give me a call. But you will lose. I guarantee it. At any rate, I grew up in a very, very gun-controlly household. Uh, but I, I can see both sides. I disagree with one of the sides, the side I grew up with. But I became a shooter. But it took a while. I didn't buy my first gun uh, until I was 22 years old. It was a 22 rifle. Figured I'd learn how to shoot nice and slow, and I did. Didn't buy my first full full rifle caliber uh, rifle until I was probably 24, 25, 25. Uh, didn't buy my first handgun until I was 26. Sold them all when I was married. It just didn't make sense to have them when I was married for a variety of reasons. Became a, a Second Amendment advocate probably in the late 1980s, became an actual a activist probably in the mid-1990s when I got involved with the Minnesota Gun Owners Action League, which became the Gun Owners Civil Rights Alliance. My activity ebbed and flowed with the circumstances in my personal life, raising kids, getting divorced, being a single parent, kind of all got in the way of some of it, but long about the way, uh, about the time that I became a blogger and then started doing this show, I started to find enough time to be a, a bit of an activist. And in that time, in 30 years, really, and 20 years of very seriously following this issue, I've absorbed a lot of facts. I've absorbed so many facts that I've learned two things. Number one, there's no such thing as a new argument in this field. None. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard even people, every, every time there's a new crisis when it comes to gun control, a bunch of new gun grabbers come to, into the fold and they start making these arguments and, it, and they think they've all discovered them for the first time. And there's literally not not been a new argument in gun control for 10 years. Not a single one. Guarantee it. Anyway, but I've been doing this for a long time, point being. And I, I have absorbed a lot of facts, a lot of sources, a lot of information. I can debunk most anti-gun arguments without breaking the faintest hint of a sweat. Try me. I beg of you. <laughs> and most people know better than to try, and the ones who do learn otherwise. Not because I'm a jerk about it, but because I'm just in command of things. I'm not bragging. Well, maybe a little. 
But I'm not. No, I'm not bragging. It's a, it's a point of fact. I'll, I'll prove it anytime anyone needs me to. But it's as part of that, I do tend to discount people's emotional responses to emotional events. I do. And there's a good reason for that. I think emotion is a terrible basis for, discuss, for, for addressing policy. As I mentioned early in the broadcast, if you're a conservative, you hear about a, a mass murderer, a kidnapper, a, a rapist, you want to hear them being bodily mutilated. You do. I'm one of them. And that's why we have laws. That's why we have the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution, an amendment that not a few conservatives have wanted to see repealed over time just so that we could really, really teach murderers a lesson. Uh, and if you remember Susan Smith, the woman who pushed her car with the two sleeping kids into the into the into the lake so they would both drown so she wouldn't lose a custody fight, I will confess, I really wanted to repeal the Eighth Amendment with her. <laughs> I did, which is all the reason we don't repeal things like the Eighth Amendment because they are absolute principles endowed to us by a Creator, including. If you are, heaven forfend, convicted of some heinous crime, the ability not to get coated with grease and lit on fire is punishment for the satisfaction of the baser, more animalistic urges of the mob, one of whom I am when the crime is right. Well, on the left, a school shooting brings out the animalistic mob reaction from the left. And the statistics only help so much, if at all, especially while we're still in the immediate aftermath of the event. There's a fellow named David Ropite. He's an instructor at Harvard. He's an author of How Risky Is It Really? Uh, Why Our Fears Don't Always Match the Facts. It's a book on, on the facts and perceptions of risk. And he has a piece in the Washington Post that came out of Believe Today, uh, it's an excellent piece. I'm going to post it at shotinthedark.info. I'm actually going to write about it this coming week at shotinthedark.info, but I'll, I'll put this up on the show post later today. He points out the first recorded school shooting in the United States took place in 1840 when a law student shot and killed his professor at the University of Virginia. Of course, things really kicked off in earnest on April 20th, 1999, when Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris killed 12 classmates and a teacher, then themselves, at Colorado's Columbine High. Since then, the murder of children in their classroom has come to seem common, a regular feature of modern American life, and our fears are so strong that we're certain the next horror is sure to come not long after the last. But Ropek points out, number one, that, uh, well, and I quote, the Education Department reports that roughly, roughly 50 million children attend public schools roughly 180 days a year. At, since Columbine, approximately 200 public school students have been shot to death while school was in session, including the recent slaughter at, uh, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. That means the statistical likelihood on any given day of a public school student being killed by a gun since 1999 was roughly 1 in 614 million. And since the 1990s, shootings at schools have gotten a lot less common. One quarter is common, to be exact. The chance of a child being shot and killed in a public school is extraordinarily low. It's not zero. No risk is. But it's far lower than many people assume, especially in the glare of heart-wrenching news coverage after an event like Parkland. 
and it's far lower than almost any other mortality risk a kid faces, including traveling to and from school, catching a potentially deadly disease while in school, or suffering a life-threatening injury playing interscholastic sports. And by the way, I'll point out, beyond that, if you're wherever you, your kid goes to school, the odds of them being killed as part of some criminal enterprise, either as a victim or a perpetrator, outside of school. Anyway, Ropeek goes on, uh, number, uh, and I quote, we sometimes seek protection from our fears in ways that put us in greater peril. In responding to the Parkland shooting, we may be doing just that to our kids. Statistics seem cold and irrelevant compared with how the evil of a school shooting makes us feel. The victims are children, and research on the psychology of risk has found that few risks worry us more than threats to kids. And if you're a parent, you don't need to be told that. Parents who send their precious children to school each morning are relinquishing control over their safety. The same research has found that lack of control makes any risk feels more threatening. The parents at Columbine and Sandy Hook and Stone and Douglas placed their faith in the school system's trust uh, that was cruelly violated. And mistrust fuels fear, too, for the parents and all the rest of us. We, meaning all of us, don't really think about risk in terms of one in ten, one in hundred, one in a million for the, in the first place. When we see numbers like this, the only thing we think is, my could could be the one. So even the tiniest risk appears unacceptably high. That powerful combination of psychological characteristics moots any suggestion that fear of a certain risk is irrationally excessive. Numerically, maybe. Emotionally, not at all. That's the thing about risk. We assess it less on the likelihood of outcome and more on the emotional nature of the experience involved in getting to that outcome. That's why it doesn't work to just beat them down with statistics as satisfying and inevitable as it is. More when we come back. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. Every Army National Guard member serves not only to protect the nation, but also their local communities, so they each have a stake in the security and well-being of the neighborhoods where they live and work. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. Since the early days of our republic, the Army National Guard has continued its timeless commitment to guarantee peace and security for all Americans. A proud legacy which has endured for nearly four centuries. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. Selfless service. It's what inspires the men and women of the Army National Guard to be part of something greater than themselves. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association at this station. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 
800-523-3771 or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. I was skeptical when I heard that your family bank could help me pay off my mortgage and get out of debt in under 10 years with my current income. Hi, my name is John. I'm a Patriot listener and a financial executive here in town. As such, I understand numbers. Using your family bank, my family will go from a $292,000 mortgage with 22 years remaining and $40,000 of additional debt to being totally out of debt, including the mortgage, in 9.8 years. We'll save $103,000. If you don't have a program which will get your family totally out of debt, including your mortgage, in less than 10 years just by redirecting your current cash flow, you need to talk with Daniel of Your Family Bank, who's right here in the Twin Cities. Thanks, John. This is Daniel Altwig of Your Family Bank. My friend, there's no risk nor obligation to find out for yourself. Go to daniel.yourfamilybank.org, click on the Request tab in the upper right-hand corner, and leave your contact information. daniel.yourfamilybank.org. That's daniel.yourfamilybank.org. AM 1280, The Patriot. And now, the end. Someone's hinting here, aren't they? So I face <laughs> the final curtain. You can find Sid Vicious's version of this. My friend. I mean, not today, obviously. Save I'll it for Brad. Clear, He'll love it. <laughs> Sid Vicious, former bassist of the Sex Pistols, did a, a cover of this. That's exactly as bizarre as it sounds. On the other hand, this is Frank. Crank it. Go ahead. I traveled each and every highway don't play this before someone's checkup much more than this fortunately mine was friday i did it my so i'm not quite as panicky way. as i normally would be hearing this song 651-289-4488 the number to call i uh, I'm talking about a piece in the washington post by david ropike who wrote a book called uh, how risky is it really? Why our fears don't always out uh, don't always match up the facts. Uh, and basically, the the idea is the more frightening a risk feels to you and me, the more coverage it gets in the news media, as as Ropike says, which focuses on things most likely to get our attention. And I quote: "Rare events with high emotional valence often get coverage disproportionate to their likelihood, further magnifying our fears. And by the way, further uh, generating copycat uh, violence." As a result of what cognitive scientists call awareness heuristics, a mental shortcut that we use to quickly assess the likely frequency of things we don't know much about, the more readily events leap to mind from our memory or the more persistently it's in the news, the more emotionally powerful and probable it feels. School shootings and the debate about gun control are prime examples. The threat feels more threatening if it's getting a lot of attention. This and by the way, Mr. Ropike goes on to make some points that aren't necessarily Second Amendment friendly as well, just to be fully uh, open about this. And by the way, there are areas where he's, he's 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 I would suggest and I will be suggesting on my blog in the coming week. He himself is gauging risks wrong and as the result of of hysteria as well. But that's a that's an argument I'll try and have with him or at least I'll carry out my half of it on my blog this coming week. At any rate. Uh, the, the 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 upshot of this whole thing, and really what I've spent this whole hour talking about here on Brad's time, <laughs> Brad will be back next week, by the way, is is that the marches yesterday 
like every big outburst of coverage for gun control, has nothing to do with saving lives. Nothing. Because none of the things that these people are proposing would save a single life. None of the things they're, they're pimping uh, in response to Parkland would have saved a single life at Parkland. I mean, lowering the, the I mean, universal background checks and lowering the age to buy a gun, or should be raising the age to buy a gun. Well, think about it. I mean, Dylan Harris and Patrick Klebold uh, bought their guns from a straw buyer. It was a federal felony that they had guns in the first place. Adam Lanza uh, and the, the kid who shot the kids at Pearl, Mississippi, killed their parents to get their guns. Some of the other uh, mass shooters have, uh, was it, uh, Eric Weiss, the kid who, uh, who shot, up, uh, shot nine people, killed nine people at the Red Lake Indian Reservation in 2004. And Luke Woodham at Pearl, Mississippi, killed their parents to get their guns. And Andrew Wurst, uh, who, who killed uh, a couple of kids at the Parker Middle School in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania 20 years ago. And John McLaughlin, the kid who uh, killed two at Ricori High School 15 years ago, stole their guns from their parents. The vast majority of them do not get their guns by legal means, and the ones who do, like Nick Cruz, should not have. The system let everyone down. So, point being, universal background checks and age limits can't solve the problem because they wouldn't have solved past problems with guns in schools, with crazy kids. So this is not about public safety. It's, It's especially not about the public safety issue that kills the vast majority of kids, which is not violence in the classroom, but violence out on the street in their homes. And by the way, beyond even that, even more so than that, the violence in everyday life, the violence that everyday life brings to you in the form of common everyday risks in daily life, driving in a car, playing a high school sport. I saw a survey 15 years ago. I can't find it now. I wish I could. It indicated that the risk of a kid in a third-tier suburb like Lakeville or or Forest Lake or Maple Grove dying in a car crash during their teenage years is triple the risk of a kid in North Minneapolis getting shot. And we accept that as normal. We do. It's it's part of the norm. It's a a norm that most of us think we can control because, hey, we're not the ones who are going to crash. Our kids are smarter than that. Some of you may be right. Eventually, so are mine. But to me, me this shows that the kids at the march yesterday were being manipulated. Because, again, as I pointed out in the second segment, I doubt any of them can answer any of the five questions I asked correctly. They don't know the issue. They know what they're told about the issue by the people who are paying for the march who are on the payroll of Michael Bloomberg, who want to ban guns by any means necessary, fair or foul, as long as they're in the hand of civilians, which is not about public safety because it doesn't even address 95% of the killings in this country, which are carried out in in furtherance of, of, of criminal acts that are already illegal. This is not about solving crime. This is not about keeping kids safe. It's about winning a culture war and using emotions to frame that culture war and the participants in it, which is why, by the way, 
they're attacking the NRA so constantly and so intensely because the NRA is the one organization in this country that's actually done something useful about crime nationwide by pushing uh, enhanced sentences for gun criminals and by uh, pushing actually keep policies that actually keep guns out of the hands of criminals like federal enforcement of straw buyer rules which is something where federal US attorneys in a lot of the highest crime cities have been letting people down for a generation that's not sexy that's not emotional that's not something that's going to make a big headline for a newspaper something that's make a, make a big attractive video package for CNN that's the truth. It's not about saving lives. It's about winning the culture war, which is why I hope to see you at the rally that's being put on by all a, a coalition of Minnesota gun rights groups, Second Amendment civil rights groups, coming up April 28th at the Capitol. Much more about that in coming weeks. It's about a month out, and it's absolutely important that everyone get all hands on deck for this. It's about three weeks from this coming from this weekend here, and this is going to be a big one. Much more to come. Thanks for tuning in. Brad Carlson back next week. God bless you all. God bless America. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Sheraton St. Paul Woodbury, April 13th and 14th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723 or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance 
or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky State.